Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Okay, it's time for our Bike Weekly chat with Michael Tobe. We're going to talk about Canadian politics, and we're going to talk a little bit about one specific story that has to do with sports. It's going to actually reach into my next segment when we do that. Michael is a columnist for Troy Media and Looney Politics, contributor to the National Post and Washington Times, and, of course, was a speechwriter for former Prime Minister Stephen Harper. I have to ask you, I've never asked you this, what was it sure. like to write a speech for Mr. Harper? <laughs> I have been asked many times. Uh, it was it was fine. It was, it was a good experience overall. Um, Stephen Harper is a very intelligent and engaging fellow, and I, I knew him long before he ever became Prime Minister, so I knew certain aspects about his style, his speaking style, and just to craft a speech. And, you know, to keep in mind, Roy, when you're crafting something, if you're a professional writer, which I am, it's not the same thing. When I write a speech for myself, obviously, I have to put myself in the speech, what I would say, what I would look at specifically, what I would focus on and craft it accordingly. When you write a speech for someone else, and obviously, you know, this is fairly obvious, you have to have the speaker's voice in mind at all times. And it's and not just it's, someone else, it's the Prime Minister of Canada you're writing for. Exactly, and writing for a national leader is even different than that. You're right, because not because obviously that Mr. Harper wouldn't go in and he wouldn't edit his speeches, whether they were written by me or written by others, and it also didn't mean that there weren't other people who were involved in the process after I would create one to two drafts on average for most things, but some, if they were very complex or very complicated, could go as high as the highest I ever had was about 15 drafts at one point, and I knew some speechwriters who had even more than that. But again, it was based on what he was announcing, what he was discussing, what the audience or who the audience was and what they were looking for, and what the possible implications could be based on what he said on a particular issue, whether it be a domestic issue or something, say, the two-state solution on in Israel and the Middle East, for example. So there's a lot to it, but it was a very fascinating uh, look at life. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'm glad I got inside the bubble in Ottawa, and I can honestly say that I dipped my foot in both waters, inside and outside, and it helped me as a person. I understood a lot of things to begin with, but I understood and achieved a lot more because of the time that I spent in Ottawa, in the Prime Minister's office, helping others, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, good for you. Uh, I got to know him uh, starting, I think, around 2004, maybe a little bit before that, and he was a regular guest on my program over the years, and sure. twice in the last week of the 2015 election campaign, the Prime Minister came on, and I thought, oh boy, the internal polling can't be good. If they do the same talk show twice in the last week of the election campaign, things aren't aren't going to turn out well, and they didn't, but he was Prime Minister for a long time. and Almost 10 years. Yeah, and uh, I keep thinking it was nice to have an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I miss At the head of the table. Well. Me too. <laughs> As opposed to, well, anyway. He so, would appreciate that, trust me. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Michael, look, the, the current leader of the Conservative Party, Aaron O'Toole, has come out of this election campaign yes. saying that he wants to continue as leader. And, and the caucus has said, yeah, maybe, uh, essentially. Yeah. And, the, and they've given themselves the right to either retain or remove Mr. O'Toole. What do you make right. of what's going on there? 
I think that ultimately, and I've been asked this a few times, and I'm sure you've asked others as well, um, I believe that Aaron O'Toole will survive this leadership challenge. There are obviously going to be, and already some MPs have expressed, their discontent, not necessarily out of hatred or extreme frustration that they're still feeling. It's based on the fact that they felt that Aaron O'Toole, pardon me, while he ran an effective campaign overall, I mean, the campaign was running on all cylinders. You know, he got his fiscal, some fiscal issues out. He took moderate social issues or social values like abortion, uh, gay marriage and others, and tried to complement the Canadian mindset on them. But at the same time, they were concerned, as I was and I think others were, that at times there was a loss or the elimination of fiscal conservatism as part of his approach. And those are one of the pillars of this political conservatism. It's very hard for, say, the Conservative Party of Canada to properly differentiate itself from the Liberals or anyone else, because if you're sort of walking the same line as everyone, and I think one thing we can the 2021 election, even though there was no issue that really stood out, all the political parties, with maybe the exception of Maxime Bernier's PPC and to be fair, Jay Hill's Maverick Party, everybody else was proposing huge spending measures on a variety of things, from housing to the environment. And for that reason, it was then hard to differentiate the Conservatives at times from the Liberals, even though the two of them obviously think very differently on issues, that being Aaron O'Toole's Conservatives and Justin Trudeau's Liberals. Sometimes not so different. Well, yeah, unfortunately, I think, you know, if you sort of believe the argument that Donald Savoie was saying that, you know, politics is always governed from the center and that ideologies in general have started to move towards the center, which we've seen in Canada, we've seen to some extent in the United States, although less so recently, and in parts of Europe and Asia as well. Um, we are seeing now a difficulty in terms of the liberals and conservatives properly differentiating themselves, and more to the point, it's become difficult for a lot of voters to sort of specifically state that, yes, I think that Aaron O'Toole would be better in one, two, three, four, five, but when you're hearing the same sort of language that, or similar type language to what Justin Trudeau and the Liberals are proposing, it makes it a difficult vote. It does. Um, and it makes it a difficult overall, decision like, for the voter. Jones, yes. It makes it difficult for the voter to, to yes. differentiate. And the voter does want to differentiate. Now, um, we have about two and a half minutes, and I'm going to be speaking with uh, Mark Hennick in a few minutes' time, mental health strategist. His uh, TED Talk appearance, uh, talking about when he attempted suicide at 15 years of age, has been viewed by millions of people worldwide. His uh, book and podcast are called So-Called Normal. And the reason that I'm bringing this up, and, and you know because we've exchanged emails, we are all, all of us, I think, who are sports fans, and you and I are very much sports fans. We have respect whether they wear the right colors or not, you know, right uniform, right clothing or not. We have respect for certain athletes yeah. for who they are. And Carrie Price is one of those people mm-hmm. for whom I think there is universal respect in this country. He is just yeah. he just handles himself so professionally and so well and it's so concerning to understand that Mr. Price has has issues, and we're not going to try to define what they are or guess at it. We do know mm-hmm. what his wife posted on social media. Mm-hmm. I think you're a Leafs fan, are you not? I am. Okay. So here you're a Leafs fan, and the Montreal Canadiens goalie is going through what he's going through. What are your thoughts? <laughs> 
Well, I admit to being a Leafs fan and a Kings fan. I also follow the LA Kings as well, not since I was young. But in terms of being a Leafs fan, yeah, I mean, look, obviously Carey Price uh, broke the hearts of every Leafs fan, including myself, in the playoffs. We know his job. Yeah, exactly. But Carey Price as a talent, my God, the man is an exceptional goaltender. Quite frankly, I wish he was on the Leafs lineup. I really do. I mean, any team would love to have him. Yes, indeed. Irrespective of the fact that the Montreal Canadiens obviously struggled during the regular season, Carey Price is money, to, to sort of use what the, say what the kids say. He really is. He is an exceptional goaltender, an incredible talent, and his record stands for itself. If he never played another NHL game, Roy, it wouldn't matter. He's done so much. But, but briefly, what happened here, I think that, you know, Carey Price, to his credit, tried to handle this privately to begin with, and... I know it's not, you know, some people are not going to take this the right way. You, I, and many others, and you and I are not exactly the same age, but we're not terribly different in terms of our generation. We just didn't talk about these issues out loud, and a lot of your listeners Mm -hmm. will know that. Mm -hmm. You know, you suffered in silence, which is wrong by all means, and we know it's wrong today. But I like the fact that at least he tried to figure things out for himself, and then his wife decided to discuss things on Instagram, which is perfectly fine, nothing wrong with it. And you, at the end of it, I think that everyone who always respected Carey Price to begin with has to respect him even more now based on the things that he's been living with and dealing with in private. We can only hope that he continues to get better, that he gets the help that he needs, and that he's eventually able to go back on the ice and perform as well as he does, even if, unfortunately, <laughs> it's going to be at the Well said. Expense. Well said, Michael, my friend. Well said. You know, I, I, I watched somebody, uh, and they were talking about Patrick Roy, uh, who was very similar to, to Carey Price as yeah. far as playoff money goal is concerned. Yeah. And what this player said, I forget it was, one of the defensemen of the Montreal Canadiens at the time, and he said, what, what Patrick allows me to do is play my game. I don't have to worry about the guy who's the last line of defense. I can play my game. And I know he's going to back me up if I make a mistake. Michael, it's always great talking to you. Thank you, my friend. We'll do it again. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.